Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw win. Ah, yes. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 26 of Stick Signals. My name is Ruben Morales, your host for the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, Morton Building's Late Model Series and Dirt Car Racing. Mick, uh, good to see you again, my friend. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, man. I'm ready to talk about some late models. I haven't got to talk about racing in, in a few days, just Dirt Vision stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you've been very busy. And as always, thank you for what you do. You do a lot behind the scenes. So thank you. Uh, Mike Warren, uh, it was good to see you again. How are you? Doing well, my friend. You know, got a quick exit out of Minneapolis today after Cedar Lake. And, uh, you know, with all the weather that I'm sure all you fans were paying attention to, we were glad we got out of there on Saturday. But, you know, a good weekend back home, getting ready. I, I leave for a trip actually tomorrow, but we'll get into that when you get to the Dirt Vision schedule a little bit later. And But, you know, we get a nice week off in the late models for a little bit. It's going to be time to relax before the stretch run. Yeah, for those of you fans that don't, uh, once our interview is done or once we're done chattering, listen to the end. We, we always have little cool extra things to say when we go to that Dirt Vision schedule. Uh, but nonetheless, guys, we're coming off, in my opinion, uh, one of the best two-week swings in all of motorsports, uh, in Dirt Late Model Racing, I should say, the Pro Dirt Classic and the USA Nationals with a fun midweek show in between there, uh, this year being out of gamey. Uh, just so much fun. Um, I absolutely love these past two weeks for the outlaws just mike i mean your cedar lake experience give, give it give it give it to me what were your thoughts well first of all the racetrack was awesome you know anytime you can get a three-eighths mile racetrack that's just you know good racing top to bottom i mean both features were really exciting that we had this week and you can't you can't ask for much more you know the the like you said, the green chili burritos were awesome. The food in general was awesome. The, I, Ruben's popcorn was awesome. As we, you know, he brought he bought a thing of popcorn. We came over and <laughs> ate it all. We had a lot of fun with that. It's you know we I enjoyed it. You know this whole trip was fun and you know Cedar Lake was great. Atagami, Atagami. I'm gonna do that for the next ten years probably. But that was a great ra- race too. And we just had a really good week of racing in Wisconsin. Is it pronounced Atagami? Yeah, it was. Was is that the official local pronunciation? Yep. So I officially asked Rick and I was like, Rick, I really don't want to mess this up because, you know, the locals are passionate about, you know, their names and stuff. And he told me out of gamey. So uh, I heard Chris Steppen say out but I he's from Wisconsin, but I I'm going uh, out. I found out that there's a town in like Kansas called Miami, but it's Miami. So, yeah. Yeah. Local oh, pronunciations really? are always fun. Yes. Uh, we just go to yeah. Vermont 10 times worse. <laughs> trust me on that one. Well, well, like back in Arizona, there's a it's literally called Prescott. But they say Prescott. So I'm like, um, well, that's because okay. they probably didn't want to be like <laughs> Dallas quarterback. On to the next thing. Um, uh, it's getting to be football yeah. season. So, you know, I'll start throwing in little shots here and there. But, you know, we got to start with out of gamey, though, before we get to Cedar Lake. And really, we were treated to three really good Morton Buildings features last week. But this one, all you could put together in 40 laps. You could imagine we had storylines going crazy. The first 13 laps of the race, it looked like it was going to be one of the most boring races of the year. For a good reason, because Ryan Gustin was just so fast, then all of a sudden he has a little trouble within traffic and turn three on lap 13, goes around, and he was in the wall. I had to double take three times because I didn't realize that was him up there when the caution came out. Yeah, it's just such a heartbreaker because obviously we talk about how he almost won at Circle City Raceway. He's been running so good, getting that coming so close to that first feature win, and then leading and dominating the way, and then, yeah, with that lap car incident spun. I could not believe it, guys. Like... Mike, I couldn't remember, but you could probably correct me on this. Was there something else happening on the racetrack when that caution came out? Like, because I think I was distracted with like debris or another car or something. Well, no. The problem was Ryan was so far ahead that the battle between Overton, Cade, and Shepard was yes, almost three right. wide coming off, too. Right. So we were all watching that. Why wouldn't we be? We look up and I go, oh, it looks like the night. Whoa, whoa, the 19 R's in the wall. What yeah. just happened? Yeah, I mean, that, that is absolutely unfortunate for Gustin. Like, Gustin had such a good night. He he went out there and qualified well, obviously got in the redrawn. Gustin just, oh, my God. I, it was so sad to see him lead, go from the rear. But I think the most impressive part, though, was going from the rear and coming back to fourth for Gustin. Yeah, that was pretty badass. It was. And, it you know, it kind of, I, I don't want to say it took away from Cade's win. Let, let, let's... Just get Gustin out of the way here for a second. He restarted at the tail of the field, drove his way back up. He was ninth on the last caution, which I think came out with about 12 to go. I'm not looking at it off the top of my head. I'm thinking about this off the top of my head, guys. And then I I think with one more caution, he would have been a factor to try to win the race. But he got to fourth, and you know he just couldn't get by Madden for the longest time. 
and but he he ends up settling and he, for a top five finish. Good run for him, but he wasn't happy after the race, and I don't blame him. I mean, he he knew that was his best shot so far. But the reason I want to push Gustin away from that and get through with that is the battle between Cade Overton. And Brandon was fun to watch too. Cade throwing sliders on both of them to get by him, and for Cade's second win of the season. Yeah, that was that was pretty good run, and it was obviously good to see Cade because after that run at Jackson, losing the wheel, that was heartbreak city. And it's funny because that night I was getting pit reporting notes uh, that evening, I should say, and I talked to Cade, and I went over there and I was like, Cade, like talk to me about your team. He's like, Man, we just we suck right now. Like I don't know, I'm just a good modified guy. I'm not really you know good in late models, and I'm like. Okay, don't say that. Like, you're amazing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not easy to get an outlaw win. Like, don't be down on yourself. You're a badass. And I told him that. He's like, ah, well, I appreciate it, but I don't know. And then he goes out and wins that. They, that, like, you talk about a team that needed motivation. They were one of them. And it was so happy to see that. And then he goes, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, Cedar Lake, and earns the pull in a big night of passing points. We'll talk about that right now. But I mean, just, it was, it was amazing to see Cade do that. And he really deserved that one. You know, we talked to Cade at, at uh, right, I talked to Cade at, the PDC and you could just tell he was down on himself. He was standing, he was standing like leaned up against the spoiler and he was just kind of standing there with that look on your face. And I've seen it a hundred drivers faces before. Like, why am I here? Yeah. And you hate to see that in a guy who, who he's proven himself and yeah, he's struggled, man. And so much of it is just luck. And so much of this racing game is just luck. And he's had some shitty luck this year, but it, yeah, to get that win and to give him a little boost of confidence was was I was really happy. Yeah, to see I mean, that. let's not forget. I mean, that bad luck is that wheel coming off, and then him getting sick out of nowhere and can't compete. You know, like I mean, for God's sake, he's won the firecracker. Like he he has proven he belongs with the outlaws. He belongs in the late model world, and he's good. And things just have to start clicking his way. And, and I told I had a conversation with him, and I told him like, Cade. Look at where you live. You live in Louisiana. Like, you know how much late model, super late model racing is down there? Not very many. You know how many, how much experience you have on these tracks that the outlaws are running and how much more experience these other guys have? That's a, that's a talk I had with Gustin and too. He's like, you know what? Half of it is experience on the racetrack. We know we belong here, but it's just experience on these tracks. And um, Cade, if, if they keep going, they're going to be a powerhouse and a force to be reckoned with here in a couple seasons. I, I think that goes without saying. And, you know, we'll get to his runs in Cedar Lake in just a minute. But, you know, it was a good win for him, a much needed win for him. I, I, I you know, to see him smiling, see Donnie and them guys smiling also. That's what it, what it, really what it's all about, all about is the excitement in victory lane. And you couldn't ask for, for much more. But, you know, in that event, Shepard gets another podium, which he just seems to keep racking them up left and right. But and, and real quick, I, I, before we get to Cedar Lake, um, can, can we just talk about. The, the Dirt Vision app real quick. I, I Just because I know once we get to Cedar Lake, we're just going to keep going, Mike. And I, and I do want to touch on, on Dirt Vision real quick. Um, by the way, after out of game, yeah. Dirt Vision, honestly, I mean, guys, I'm going to be completely honest. I really don't go on Dirt Vision's website. I don't go on the app as much because... I'm basically working, you know, hey, hey, I'm on Dirt Vision. <laughs> You're on Dirt Vision. Why would you be on the app? Same, same thing. I'm not watching the World of Outlaws late models on Dirt Vision because I'm it, there. Yeah. Correct, correct. So, and the time I am is like, you know, when we got rained out in Summer Nationals and I watch you guys, but that was before the update. And I got to say, hats off to uh, everybody behind the scenes on Dirt Vision presented by Dean. Like, I went on there today to update it and do my password and all that stuff, which if you haven't already, follow the instructions. It's on the website. It's clear and simple. Yeah. Um, I did that. And man, it is so clean guys it looks nice and professional like it looks like 2021 you know what i mean you go on there and like you have upcoming live events you have like things that you've been watching i went to the vault to go look at some stuff from the summer nationals and like it says right there continue watching and playing like mick this looks clean it it really is a a, a great app and and there's growing pains and and believe me we heard all about it this weekend on social and we heard it in emails there will be growing pains. It's going to take a little bit of getting used to the way that it, it, you navigate it. And, I mean, I'm a big fan. I like that you can go into it and you can put races on your list. Yes. And so you can add a series or a track or a particular race to your list. So then you can just go to your list and watch them um, when they're live or you can watch them as vault videos. Um, but, you know, to be completely honest, obviously the transition didn't go as smoothly as we had hoped. And to speak to that a little bit, part of getting this new app was migrating to a new platform. And when you migrate to a new platform, you cannot transfer passwords. That's a security issue, right? Like we, we don't want to take a database of passwords and pass it to somebody else. We need you as the user to go back in and reset your password. That's all that is. Um, and a, a lot of people just miss that step. So if you haven't done it yet, what you need to do is update your app, go in and reset your password. You can use the same password you've always been using. You don't need to change it. Make sure that you sign in with the email address that's on your account too. We've had that issue a lot too. People get confused as to what email they're using. And then the, the final thing is if you purchased 
Dirt Vision through an app, whether that be the Play Store, the App Store, or Roku, something like that, you sometimes have to actually go in and restore your purchase with them. We have no control over that. When you purchase an app through an App Store, they're the purchase point. They're the ones that process your payment. We get we get our check from them. So all of those inter- and all those interactions and transactions need to go through the app provider, um, and that's a really important step. That um, I mean, we send out an email ahead of time. Maybe it wasn't clear enough. People seem to miss some of the points, and and you know, I'm going to speak to the the other elephant in the room, and that's the the pay per view issue at Cedar Lake. That is nothing new. Pay, uh, Cedar Lake has been a pay per view for years. It's not been in a subscription since I've been here. Um, for us to broadcast races from tracks, we have to work with track owners and we have individual agreements with track owners and Cedar Lake has elected to not allow us or permit us to put that race into a subscription subscription package. And that just is what it yes. is. And we've been transparent about that from the beginning. I'm, I'm one of the guys that writes a lot of the marketing material. That's always an asterisk point in there that Cedar Lake USA Nationals are not included in monthly or platinum fast passes. Knoxville Nationals are only included in the platinum fast pass. It is what it is. And we're, we're doing yeah. the best we can. We get a lot of flack on social people, you know, accusing us of, of being greedy or trying to, to trick you into taking your money. Nobody in this building wants to trick you out of your money. Like, exactly. We we're so happy to bring fans this platinum package last winter to be able to give fans like it's a big savings. 299 is a big savings to get a full year racing. Unfortunately, that 299 does not include Cedar Lake. That is what it is and 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 I'm going to be completely that's, honest, that's Nick. Um I have a I have few comments to say on here, and obviously I, I'm not mad at the race fans. You know what I mean? Like we appreciate this, but like first of all, when you purchase a fast pass, it clearly says events that aren't included, and it clearly says right there in fine print, USA Nationals is not included in a fast pass. Second of all, I don't know how much it was for a pit pass this past weekend, but I'm pretty sure you would have spent well over a hundred dollars just for yeah. a pit pass. If you don't live there, you still would have to pay for gas or diesel. You would have to pay for hotels. You would have to pay for food. So, so like for sixty five dollars, you know, or whatever it was this past weekend, like it is completely worth it. There is so much hard work that goes behind the scenes that people don't even understand. And um, I I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but for those of you listening to this podcast, you don't even understand. There is a lot of hard work. And I'm not saying, oh, feel sorry for me, feel bad for me. No, no, I'm not saying that. It's just there's a lot of hard work that goes behind the scenes, not just me. There's guys like Cade, Brendan, Hank, um, you, Mick, uh, Christina. There's so many people behind the scenes uh, that that are, you know, working hard. And man, for 60 bucks for, for a weekend, for one of the best weekends, that's nothing. I mean, it's not us being greedy. It's just, yep. yes, it was already commitments and obligations with Cedar Lake Speedway. And I'm just going to say this, um, before Dirt Vision had it, it was, I'm going to say it, Dirt on Dirt. It, you, they had a month, a yep. yearly deal. You still yep. had to pay for pay-per-view back then, no matter who had it. So it's just continued on. But nonetheless, staying on the positive side, Dirt Vision, uh, how I said, I, I got to give them a lot of credit. I, I really don't do much behind it other than just pit report but like i went to their website and the app and it looks clean and mick i know it's available on other platforms as well uh, i know i know apple's coming apple tv and all yeah. that so yeah dirt vision is really growing yeah. and i'm telling you this website and the app looks so clean i absolutely that, love that it. was a big part of of the transition was to allow us to put apps on things like apple tv and samsung apple tv is out samsung tv i believe is the last app that we're waiting on there seems nice. to be some issues with samsung smart uh, tv's browsers uh, we have a note in with Samsung. They haven't really responded to it. So our recommendation right now is if, if you have Air, AirPlay, AirPlay to your um, TV or Chromecast or get a Roku, which are cheap, like Roku and Chromecast are about $30. Um, but yeah, man, like everybody here in this building puts their heart and soul into this and nobody yes. is trying to trick anybody. Nobody is trying to squeeze the last dime out of you. Um, you know, from a tracks perspective, like, you just said it's more expensive to go to the track than to, to get it on Dirt Vision. So we have to be cognizant of that and, and track owners and promoters are cognizant of that. And we have to find that balance where we're not taking butts out of seats and we're still getting people to the racetrack. Our, our job as Dirt Vision, yes. in, in my mind, is to bring you the 364 other nights of the year of racing so that the night that it's in town, you can go see it live and get that smell and get that feel and have that experience and then be able to keep yes. up with the series for the rest of the year. And that that's what our job is at Dirt Vision. That's what our mission is at Dirt Vision. 
and we can just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, if I was a fan and I followed the Outlaws or Summer Nationals and I knew a, uh, you know, a race was going to be close, I would definitely go to the race because you can't ever beat the, the smell of race fuel. Yeah, obviously, the racetrack food, just sitting in the grandstand, getting covered in dirt. You know, there's yep. just something about it, like just the experience, feeling the rush and, and the, the power of the cars when they're on the track. Like there's just something about it. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing. And um, other thing I wanted to mention, too, I, I don't know if this is a thing before or not, but you go on the app now or on the website and I did it. I already customized my app. Uh, you get a alerted and it adds oh, to your yeah. like Apple calendar yep. and stuff like that. Like that is pretty cool. Like you go on the, in the main website and on, on the app, you have like continue watching. If you're watching stuff from the vault, then you have your list. It's called my list. And like, it has the stuff that you like bookmarked and like, it will notify you now when it yep. goes live, which I think is super, super cool. And uh, I'm glad dirt vision did that. So there you go. Go to the summer Nash, go, go to dirt vision right now. If you're listening to this episode, this Friday Highland speedway, um, Put your ringers on. And this Saturday, Dirt Car Summer Nationals is back. Put your ringer on so you don't miss yep. it. I think that's really cool. Mick, I think uh, you guys uh, back at the office and obviously have done a phenomenal job. And I think this Dirt Vision uh, website and app is going in an amazing direction. Yeah, the push notifications are a cool feature. Like we can we can push a notification to tell you that there's a rain delay. We can tell you if the event's canceled. We can tell you when something's going live. You know, sometimes in, in this, this dirt racing world, you know, man, sometimes we start early because we we're trying to get it in before the weather. So these... Leaving the push notifications on will let you know that information ahead of time and, and keep you up to date. Now, speaking of races that we tried to start early, let's move on <laughs> to Cedar Lake. First, we got to go through Thursday's program, though, and we were treated to one of the best finishes of the year. And, uh, well, you heard him at the beginning of the broadcast when he won his event last, last year. year yep, yep. But Ashton <laughs> Winger, and let me tell you, the best celebration in victory lane I've ever seen. The steering wheel drop, seeing it live, was awesome awesome for the first time. I love the steering but wheel drop. It shouldn't have been as close as he was. He will be the first to tell you he made a mistake in those last five laps, and Younghan's got a great run on the final lap. And, yeah, he did. But it was a great finish. I posted the picture on Facebook today for everybody to see just how close it was when they crossed the line. It and was he, unbelievable. He's lucky, too, because he was. I was just about to redo the intro. And and then he went he went one and a half race so so he gets to stay in for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, that, that is absolutely cool to see Winger. I I just don't know what it is. Him and Cedar Lake equal a great combination. Like he is just so so good there. And uh, you got to give credit to Chase Youngens. How about a guy Mick? We we ta- we did the interview with him. Um, a guy that has to hop off the Outlaw Tour after Farmer City because he doesn't have enough crew help, and all of a sudden his dad was there. And he had an extra crew guy. So that's two extra, you know, uh, crewmen on on site. They took this car to a wind tunnel. They took this car and did all their homework and comes out here and literally places almost winning. I mean, Mike, you posted the picture. Like, how about Chase Younghands? A big turnaround for him. That was amazing to see. Well, and not just Chase either. We, we got to throw Winger into that category because remember, his oh, yes, initial plan yes. was to do that too. So for both of those guys, just, you know, to come back and fight for a win together was awesome. It, what, it does, what it does is it proves that these guys, these guys belong. It's just a matter of having the resources and assets behind you. That's such a huge part of motorsports. I mean, I've, I've worked at little Xfinity teams that, you know, we're using old brake pads and old knockoff, like, Hendrick passed me down brake calipers and that has an effect and it's, but they, these guys belong is what I'm getting at. They, they've proven themselves to belong and I'm kind of fascinated that youngins took his car to a wind tunnel. I want to know more about that. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could get him on here again at some point, but yeah, he told me all about it. They literally did their whole homework and it was amazing to see him run that good. And obviously Ashton as well, but like Mike, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, give little less credit to Ashton than chase, but I'm just saying like, we haven't seen Chase in a while, and for Chase just to come back and be that good was amazing. But Ashton, like, I've been with him all summer. Like, he has four summer national wins. He's really been turning things around. Like, I expected Ashton to be good this weekend. Uh, but, yeah, it was good to see. Congratulations to Ashton. That was amazing. The steering wheel drop. I'm glad we got to see that. And uh, we'll talk about how he did at the USA Nationals. But, yeah, Chase Younghand second. Uh, Brandon Shepard, another good podium. Third, Jimmy Owens fourth. Nick Hoffman, guys. Nick Hoffman, hello. Finished fifth. That's one guy we haven't talked about. Like, Nick Hoffman is absolutely amazing right now. Like he he had only three nights going into this night. That was uh, Davenport and then the two nights at Falls. And his best finish was eighth when he went 15th, eighth in Davenport. And all of a sudden goes to a track that he's never even been for, never even raced in the state of Wisconsin. They went to Mason City to uh, test and get the car to feel like his modified. And he I told him, rate it from... One to ten, ten being the comfiest. He's like, it feels like about a seven right now. I'm like, wow. And he goes out there and finishes fifth, first night out at Cedar Lake. That is amazing. 
It is, and you know, I I, I have a feeling, you know, we're going to see him again before the year is over on the tour. That's for sure. I believe the next appearance will be at Davenport, unless he does show up at one of these Pennsylvania events coming up. But I don't. He's not expected to at this time. But I'll tell you what, he might be a force to be reckoned with there when we get to it. But we'll, we'll talk about Davenport a little bit further down the road. We'll move on to Friday now. So if you're not familiar with the way Cedar Lakes USA Nationals format works, double heat or no qualifying, double heat races for passing points. And from a guy who does not like passing points, this was definitely very interesting. But the guy who does like passing points is Cade Dillard. And I talked to him after the race. He's familiar with this because he ran with UMMT, USMTS. We're doing great with initials these days. Uh, but he was, uh, you know, really good. And it was a great eight-lap eight battle. Him and Winger for a little bit in that one to get him the pole for that event. But, you know, I think... You know, when it's all said and done, the best driver out of the weekend, and I'm sure we'll get to Saturday now, Jonathan Davenport probably was the best overall because he would, and probably everybody's probably looking at the results and be like, well, why wasn't he in the top eight on Friday? If he didn't get hit with a chunk of mud in his first heat race, he was already up to third. It, it knocked him out. Is that what I heard? Uh, they hit him in yeah, the head. Yeah, hit him in the head. So I, I remember watching him. Um, he was coming off a of turn two, and he was pointing towards the infield. I'm like, oh, this ain't good. And then all of a sudden, he just fell off the pace, and he like came down to the bottom at three and four and spun and came to a stop, and Hannah went over there. And yeah, he was knocked out for a little bit. He was like, whoa, like a big uh, cloud of clay just hit him and uh, knocked him out for a little bit. But thankfully, he was okay. But yeah, Superman would have been absolutely uh, amazing in those passing points if it wasn't for that. What do they make that dirt out of up there at Cedar Lake? Is that, uh, is that kryptonite? Wow. Uh, that's, <laughs> that is smooth. That is smoother than cream cheese on a bagel right there. That's enough out of you. That is enough out of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, steering wheel drop. Mic drop, please. <laughs> that is pretty good. Moving no, on. <laughs> well, we get to Saturday night's race. Kate, Kate Dillard starts on the pole. Winger beats him on the first lap. And then before you knew it, Kyle Bronson decided to use the outside and he was just gone. Yeah, yeah he was. But he was also like Bronson. I, and I'm not talking crap about him, but I've never seen somebody be a weapon and lead the race. Like the way he was pounding the cushion and it get him all upset off the corner and he just put the gas to the floor again and hit the next corner like man he was using that well, car up the thing that helped him a lot in this race was there was a lot of cautions yeah because every time he'd really get into lap traffic that's when jimmy owens would start reeling him in and reeling him in and reeling him in and then the caution would come out so he was able to get that i, I know it's a more of an asphalt term but you get what i'm saying when i say clean air nobody yep. in front of him yep. and he you know was able to keep that going but i think the toughest thing kyle bronson has never been a guy to just, you know, relax. No. That, that is one thing we can say about Kyle. He'll be the first one to tell you that. Um, I So I had this conversation with Kyle, and, and he agreed with me. Um, you go back to 2018 with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals at Tri-City Speedway. It was the wild finish between him and, and Tyler Erb. And Kyle said, I was not aggressive enough. He said, I have to start being more aggressive. Ever since that day, I've paid attention to Kyle's racing, and he has been more aggressive, and he's been winning more. I mean, he just won. Uh, 53,000 in Nebraska. He, he's he been doing very well this year. I mean, he, he's been really running good with us at times. We've we've seen him with the World of Outlaws. Um, I've, I've been noticing that. And I told Kyle, I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's true. He's just been more aggressive and he's really going for it and it's paying dividends. Um, I did take notes here, guys. Well, I was pit reporting the infield. Um, you talk about <laughs> make him, uh, you know, being up front and kind of just sending it. Uh, he upset the car in four. That, that cushion was absolutely unreal. Like, there was a lot of moisture on the track, and Cedar Lake Speedway still watered it. Like, <laughs> it was like, there was moisture upon moisture upon moisture. Like this place was hooked. I'm telling you, and that cushion was treacherous. With 33 to go, Bronson upset the car, lost his right rear quarter panel. With 29 to go, did the exact same thing, and then a the caution came out. But yeah, Kyle absolutely was the show. He was, and there's no question about it. But as I mentioned in the race recap. Patience, or as I quoted Guns N' Roses, all you need is just a little patience. And that was the case in this one. You saw JD save his stuff up a little bit. Brandon Overton said he was lucky to finish second. He had no business finishing second in that race, but you know what he did? He, <laughs> he stayed was out of trouble. Yep. That was a the same thing. And Chris Madden was going to be on his way to that. I think Chris Madden actually would have won that race if it was all said and done, if he didn't have any trouble. I really do. And he. He was saving it for the end because he really didn't even crack the top five until 30 laps to go. Um, let's talk about the guy that started. Uh, what was it? He won the, um, yes, I have it right here. He won the LCQ. He didn't win 
two of the last. He didn't win either of the last chance showdowns. He won the last chance qualifier, <laughs> the last chance qualifier, and came through the field up nineteen positions, twenty third to fourth. Jason Fager. I, I'm sorry, but Dirt Car Summer National boys, I'm telling you. I mean, Fager, Winger, come on. That was a heck of a run for Jason Fager. Fager had a great run, and, you know, they call him the high side hustler, but he can go in any spot on the racetrack, he told me afterward. And I'll tell you, it was good to see him run well because you know he can run with national competition. And remember, you, you've you always said this, Ruben, the Illinois bad boys, you never can count them out of anything. And he was good again. And then fifth place, talk about battling back. Brandon Shepard, okay, you look at the results, you're like, oh, okay, Brandon Shepard finished fifth. No, Brandon Shepard had a tire problem with about 40 laps to go and drove it back up to fifth. It was a good run for Shep. Yeah, Shepard obviously had to rebound. It was kind of like deja vu. And not to mention, uh, Shepard, I have it on my note right here, the caution came out. It was the second-to-last caution right rear with 26 26 laps to go. With 26 to go, Shepard still managed to come back and finish fifth. Now, people may say, okay, Ruben, calm down. There was like 10 cars left on the racetrack. Okay, at that point, there was probably 15 cars left on the racetrack. Uh, so to still come up in top five, and I'm going to say it. Yes, there may have been, what, 10 cars to finish the race or 15 cars to finish the race, but there were quality damn cars. Like, these guys are no slouches. Like, just to get around one of them is a win with those cars that were left on the track. So Shepard, sure. good top five for him. A great top five. Now, I just want to remind everybody that only Thursday night's race counted as a full point event for the World of Outlaws. Saturdays would show up points yes. only. So... Ryan Gust and Boom Briggs did not end up due to trouble, did not end up racing on Saturday. They had trouble in their heat races. Ryan's down to one motor. Heading into now or the Orange County Fair Speedway coming up on August Thursday, August 19th, Brandon Shepard enjoys a 102-point advantage over Chris Madden. I'm Chris Madden. You got to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and that's actually one thing I wanted to touch on in the points. Uh, real quick, I want to I'll get into the points here, I promise. But one thing I do want to touch on with Boom leaving, he wrecked the car really bad. Um... And let's, he won his heat race that, that Friday. Holy cow. And then Mother Nature sends him on soon. I, I had to text him that and give him a little bit of, of a joking manner because uh, he's not very good at Cedar Lake, but he did very well. Congrats to Boom. But then unfortunately got involved in a wreck on Friday. And then Gustin. In the heat races, in the feature, he, um, well, somebody thought he was going to lead all 30 laps and it didn't happen. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I would really love to see yeah, Boom do him good the win. Um, You talk about the challenges. Uh, let's talk about this because it was just. And it was a weird weekend. It was fun, but weird because uh, obviously it rained on Thursday night. Then obviously Friday night, there was rain as well. Um, Gustin could not. That's a team that don't quit. And I always say that. And I'm going to say that I'm defending them here because they had to change an engine, guys. And they couldn't because rain came. The pit where they were parked, it was just way too muddy. And it was just bad. And they, with the conditions, they could not change an engine while it was raining. And they tried the next day and just couldn't. So instead, they ended up loading up and getting the show up points. Uh, but nonetheless, yes, let's look at the points. Brandon Shepard now uh, gained 14 points. It was an 88-point lead over Madden and now has a 14-point lead over Madden. So Shepard remains the point leader by 102 points over Chris Madden, who's still second. Tyler Bruning, third. Nothing changed in the top three. This is where it changed. Dennis Erb Jr. went from fifth to fourth in the points now. Ricky Weiss went down one. He is now fifth. Kay Dillard went up one spot. He is up sixth. And now Ryan Gustin is down to seventh. Uh, Boom Briggs is eighth. And Brent Larson is ninth with Kyle Strickler still in the top ten. The Rookie of the Year point standings. Well, Bruning has a... has a 132-point lead on the 19R of Ryan Gustin. And that's where the points are right now as we head into, uh, yes, uh, Mike, what you were about to talk about, um, which is going to be very interesting because you look at the schedule, and if you're a businessman, obviously you're always thinking ahead. You're always thinking ahead. And, yes, you have New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, PA. You know, that, that's kind of rocket chassis country. It's closer to West Virginia. Yes, and then after that you have Iowa. Okay, that's kind of Midwestern. That's going to be good for Shepard. But then – you look at the rest of the season. We we have we have untaken care of business at the Rock Gold Memorial, Gaffney. Then you have Livonia, Bulls Gap in Tennessee. You have Louisiana, South Carolina, and a Cherokee again, four eleven, and then the World Finals. Guess what? All those are the South. You know who's good in the South? Chris Madden. Like we are in store for a dynamite points battle heading into Charlotte. I want to say that's one hundred percent correct, but I also want to play devil's advocate here. Um, who won all three races at Davenport last year? Uh, none other than a Brandon <laughs> Shepard. Yeah. That, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying after well, that. But if but the point I'm going to make is if Chris doesn't start chipping away before that, it might be too little too late by the time we get to Cherokee. Okay. I mean, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. But we know how good Chris has been out of his region. I think 
Chris has a point to prove here. If he's going to be an outlaw champion this year, he needs to start winning out of his region more. Yes, he did it at Port Royal. Remember the last time we were in Pennsylvania, he won both races in Port Royal. Like, come on, let's be real. We're going back to PA. Yes, different tracks, but we're going back. And then, or sorry, I forgot the last swing. I was on Summer Nationals. Yes, Mike, you're right. Yes, I'm sorry. Did Lernerville right, not right. happen? You're right. My bad. Did Brandon Overton? You are you are you are disrespecting Brandon Overton's win at Lernerville, my friend. So, that's right. Um, so for those of you listening to this episode, we uh, use a platform where we can see each other on camera, and Mike just gave me like the dumbest look ever. I forgot about I forgot about Lernerville, um, and I forgot about the other swing state line and all that other stuff. Well, we only raced we only ran one race there, so that that's I can I can, I can forgive you for that. Okay, one. so the second to last time we were in PA, let's remember Chris Madden won, and then he won Mississippi Thunder, so he can win out of his region i think madden has to prove a point and go out there and win at least once or twice in these next upcoming race between here and davenport and i think he has a perfect shot of winning this you almost said dynamite shot you i could see you teeing up for it it was hilarious I but i did no, I, did. I, 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 I did. agree i'm not saying that it's over by any stretch of imagination i don't want anybody thinking i think that but but chris has got to go yeah he, he needs, he has to, he needs to pick it up there's not. I agree. It may seem like there's a lot left, but I believe we're down to 17 races, and 10 of them yeah, are in the next 18, 21 days. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about to get real, and uh, obviously, you go you you just look at the schedule too, though. Like you go to Davenport, we talk about the drivers of Illinois, we talk about the drivers of Iowa. Like there's going to be some tough competition there. I'm pretty sure there'll be some Missouri boys that that check in for that too. And you go to South Carolina, and you go to Georgia, and you go to Tennessee. Like there's a lot of good cars in that region too. And World Finals, that could be anybody because yeah. you know all the big dogs come there. Like it's, it's going to be intense. And again, you, we, you can stay updated with all news, notes, stories here on stick signals, the official podcast of the world of outlaws, Morton buildings, eight model series and dirt car racing. Um, guys, I'm just excited. I, I was just so happy to be back with the outlaws. Um, it, it was, it was really good to be back and ah, what a fun two weeks. You're going back on the hell tour for the last few races, right? Yes. So this Friday we're at Highland Saturday, we're at, um, Peavely, and then we go to Michigan and then we're done. So I, I missed it. Unfortunately, I missed this, uh, New York PA slash Ohio swing. And then I'll be back with Davenport for the rest of the year. Okay. I'm calling it a PA swing because all right, Middletown where orange County is, is not that far from Pennsylvania. Sharon, which is in Hartford, Ohio is not that far from the Pennsylvania border. It just happens to be that it's not actually in the Keystone State, which, by the way, for the record, for those of you scoring at home, a Keystone is not a horse. <laughs> I thought it was a beer. Well, it, it is. But one of our friends on this podcast, not named Mick and Mike, thought it was a horse. <laughs> really? I Listen, there was a conversation we had at Port Royal, and I I don't know why. I just, it's because, so. That's why college, you remember Port Royal so well. N- New Mexico State. Our mascot is Pistol Pete, and he rides on a horse, and his, the horse is named Keystone. I, I just thought the horse was a Keystone, <laughs> so I thought, you know, I thought Keystone was a horse, but that, that was just me, my bad. It's still funny. That one up. Still funny. Still funny. It's still it funny. is still funny. Yeah, I thought Keystone was a horse. I, I still don't know what a Keystone is, but yes. But, you know, it's it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting swing where a lot can happen. Keep an eye on the regional guys for this one. We always have a tough guy. Like Max Blair, I know, will be at two of the events. There's a couple of ULMS races in there as well. I expect to see Scrub. I expect we're going to see... When we go to Erie's, we're going to see it and Sharon. It's going to be a big contingent. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Norris and a couple of those guys as well. Just so you know, Ruben, yeah. because I, th- I feel like everyone should know this. A, a keystone is that when you have an archway made out of rock, a keystone is the, the sort of triangle-shaped rock at the top that holds it all together. goes back to Roman architecture. I, I did look it up. I do remember reading about that actually. Now. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Mick. Wow. It's very important. It is very important. If you're going to be a Freemason someday, especially, you need to know about the keystones. I'll see that happen. just saying just saying (laughs) uh, that was your um Mick 101 report on stick signals for the week. That's your McNugget. That's right. We've gotten that's, away from that. That is your McNugget. We have gotten away from it. Yes. My, I'm way better with random facts that, like that than racing related stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, it's, you know, we're coming up. We got a, we got a couple of big swings, four race swing, two, three race swings, back to back to back coming up. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And it's, you know, it's essentially three different regions, you know, one in the Northeast, one in the Midwest, one in the Southeast. Yep. And then it's we call culminates to coming back here home at Charlotte Motor Speedway. A true potpourri of racetracks coming a up. Potpourri. 
I really shouldn't have said Charlotte Motor Speedway. It's the dirt track at Charlotte Motor yeah, Speedway. Really? That's two different tracks. Yeah. Yep, guys. It's the same same facility. Yeah, same facility. Obviously, uh, they all do a great job there, and I, I can't wait to go back, especially because I didn't get to experience a true um, world finals last year. I'm super excited to head back this year, uh, November 4th, 5th and 6th, which you race fans should make plans to go to the NGK NTK world of outlaws world finals at the dirt track at Charlotte motor speedway. Get your tickets now, event info and watch live on dirt vision at world of outlaws.com. Uh, you really want to be there. An enormous event featuring the super dirt yeah. car series, world of outlaws, Morton buildings, late model series. And if you're a sprint car fan, the world of outlaws, NOS energy drink sprint car series. Um, Amazing. There's nothing like in all of motorsports. There's nothing like the three series four wide. Yeah. I, see, I've never yeah. got to experience all that. The, all that horsepower out there. It's insane. Someone should do the math on how much horsepower is in that four wide. Ooh. Well, I can tell you 850 horsepower without all the mess. <laughs> That's how I know it. it's 850 in each big block. And, and so mm. I had a true conversation. Oh, who was it? It was. Oh, yes. It was. Um, I was talking. So last last week I was part of the golf outing at Fairbury, and I was with um. Roger from Dyer's Top Rods, uh, Roger Friedman. I was trying to remember his last name. And and he builds engines for a couple guys because I've announced his engine name quite a few. And I asked him, give me the true horsepower for super late models because Rick will say 800, 850. Uh, I've read somewhere where it's nine. And I'm like, I don't think nine is right. He told me 850. So there you go. 850 for late models and super, super dirt car yeah. series, big blocks. And then... What sprint cars nine hundred? So bam, we could just do the nine hundred horsepower. Yeah, that, that's a lot, uh, guys. Now that we talked about the world finals, let's go and switch on over to the dirt car summer nationals. Uh, not really much happening here, obviously, other than Winger running really good, Pierce not having the best weekend ever, uh, Tanner English going home, regrouping, reorganized, uh, getting ready to roll. Uh, Pierce gets ready to head to Highland. This Friday has a one hundred and eighty six point lead over Tanner English. Like something just out of the blue is going to have to happen for Tanner to win this championship. Like Bobby just, yeah. yeah, he's, I mean, he's just really has this one wrapped up and if he continues to run that good, it's going to be good. Obviously Tanner did not want to lose Lake Cumberland cause that's close to home. He already had two wins there this season uh, going into there. So uh, unfortunately Tanner going to head into Highland and Peebley. I, I want to uh, Ashton speak Winger. to that though. You know, Tanner, Tanner came into the season going for that championship, going for the Dirt Car National Points Championship. And we've seen a lot of people join that tour saying they're going to do that. And very few of them finish it. And with only a few races left, I mean, it, it's fair to say that he's going to finish that. So just finishing the Hell Tour in and of itself your first time out is an accomplishment. And, and you know, yeah, he no, should be... Yeah, no, I um, completely agree. Mick, you you brought up an excellent point. The Hell Tour is not easy. And a lot of people say, uh, Ruben, yeah, it's 68 days this year. It's easy. Um, Yeah, okay. But like the first five weeks were back to back to back to back to back. Like that was absolutely tough. And yes, it was some rainouts in week two, uh, week four, whatever, but it's still pretty damn grueling and demanding when you have to travel up and down the road, switch time zones, go to different tracks and adapt. It, it, yeah. Well, so hats off to Tanner. On and that. what are those guys doing on the off weekends? They're, they're running with the world of outlaws <laughs> or they're running somewhere else. So it's not like they're actually yes. taking time off. The series does. So yeah, the series I mean, does, even, even our officials yeah, don't take the time off. On the off weekend, they go score and go announce at different races. So, like, whatever. There's no time off. The hell tour is the hell tour. That is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny that you say the officials. Uh, I'll, I'll let the fans in on a cool little uh, funny story here, I guess. Like, the outlaw officials always, okay, I should say, World of Outlaw late model officials always like like to uh, um, not argue, but have a fun little debate with the World of Outlaw sprint car officials. Like, the sprint car officials are all high and mighty. Oh, we have a 90 race schedule or whatever <laughs> it is. You know, like, we do more races than y'all. And then, like, Tyler Tyler will say, okay, but we do World of Outlaws, Super, uh, you know, Extreme, Summer Nationals, like, the, you know, Eldora events, and you added all it up. At the end of the day, we probably have more than you sprint car guys. <laughs> it's just we're all spread out in different series, which is true. true. I mean, comparing dirt car, dirt car is massive. And obviously, yeah. you know, all the late model events. So, yeah, anyway, Tanner English heads in there 186 points behind Pierce. Ashton Winger, third in points. Um, Ashton has a lot of momentum. He told me he wants to go in there and just clean sweep the rest of the series and and just take second second in points or or do some damage there. Winger's ready. Joe Gotze, fourth. Hats off to him. Uh, you know, Mick, I think Joe Gotze would be a pretty cool interview to have on, on Stick Signals look up. coming up. Uh, yeah, he he um, started racing for Tony Stewart and obviously got all these opportunities. Anyway, that's a good story there. Joe Gotze, fourth in points. Mitch McGrath, fifth. Brian Shirley, sixth. Jason Fanger, seventh. Tim Lance, eighth. Jeff Roth, ninth. And Brandon Lance in the top ten. Dirt Car Summer Nationals resumes is Friday at the Highland Speedway, which we'll talk about on the Dirt Vision schedule here in just a few moments. 
But Mick and Mike, I think it's time to uh, thank our good friends at Manscaped because today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, and it's back-to-school time, and we want to make sure you pack the essentials to have the best year yet. The Manscaped fourth-generation performance package is just that. Things are opening up. Be ready for whatever is in the daily schedule for you. It's the perfect package for your package and includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0, fellas. Go for the valedictorian and ball you trimmer. got it right and this week. I, I think you're supposed to put I, yeah, emphasis I, I, on I, the valedictorian. Yeah. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with the code sticksignals 21 Again, use the code sticksignals 21 uh, We were with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals uh, going to the store and stuff, and I was like, we're roaming around Target and stuff like that, and I and I came across the Manscaped, and I was like, whoa, these things are, uh, you know, displayed really nice, and I saw the prices, and I was like, man, you could really use that, uh, that, um, that discount. So definitely use that discount on the website. Use Stick Signals 21 and check it out. Merch store or store.worldofoutlaws.com. Free shipping on orders, $50 or more. Head on over there to the store. A lot of great things on there from flags to apparel to cups and koozies and hats. Uh, a, lot, a lot of cool stuff. I just got a Morton Buildings, World of Outlaws Morton Buildings 8 Model Series hat. I absolutely love this. Is hat. that the mesh the back one? Uh, is that one got? Uh, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, I've got that hat. Yep. I love that hat. Yeah, and it has like the establishment in, in 1888 or 1988 or eight. Ah, yeah, 1988. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's funny. I've seen him wear a hat more of this in the last couple of weeks than I've ever seen him wear a hat. It is weird that he's all of a sudden wearing a hat, even even when we're doing this. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's a new thing, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> just uh, because I uh, because I guess a, a manscape went across over my head, so I gotta. It happens. Her, yeah, it happens. It's all good. All right, so guys, uh, let's get into today's interviews. Uh, during Cedar Lake Speedway, obviously the weather was very unpredictable, and uh, Dirt Vision. We were thinking ahead, um, and we were like, you know what? Let's create some content for the fans. Obviously, on the Dirt Vision big screen, if you haven't seen those at the track, those are very phenomenal, and we were going to play these. Uh, but thankfully, we got the show in, so I got to do an interview with Hot Sauce Tomas Hunziker, all the way from Bend, Oregon. Um, he's such a character. It was really good to talk to him, and then I also got to talk to. Rick Ricky Weiss and his sniper chassis deal. Obviously, he builds those cars in JR's shop, which is only 30 minutes from Cedar Lake Speedway. And he has a couple drivers in that area driving for him, Jeff Massengill being one. Uh, we touched on his sniper program, and he talked about Jeff Massengill. And then this interview was really good. Uh, I, I sat down and talked to Nick Hoffman and Cody Summer, and we talked about how things are going in the Team Zero camp and the future of Team Zero camp. So a lot of good stories here in the Dirt Lake Motor World. We hope you enjoy them here exclusively on Stick Signals. Well, for those of you watching on Dirt Vision presented by Driding, thank you so much for sticking with us through this rain delay. Nonetheless, we're caught up with one of the one of our drivers from the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, which you've seen, Tomas Hunziker, originally from Switzerland, which I always talk about, and we never get to talk to him. So let's let's sit down and get to talk to him a little bit. Uh, Tomas, obviously, I mean, what brought you out all the way from Oregon to come do the whole Dirt Car Summer Nationals? Let's start there. Well, um, the desire to have more seat time, really, and, um, you know, it's just kind of kind of taking in the whole culture of real dirt track racing because it's just different in our neck of the woods. It's just so much more of a recreational type of hobby. And, and um, you know, this is the real deal. I mean, it's, I, I watched Cars last night. It's like going down the road with Mac and the, the Lionel McQueen in the back. And we're kind of doing it, you know, and living life. It's just really fun for us to, to get to know the the guys that do it for a living and and um and uh, you know it's surprising because somehow we're accepted you know i mean here we are you you know us and interview us and and um and on top of it we're getting a little bit better you know so um i keep choking we better better not get too much better or maybe they won't like us no more but <laughs> no it's just been a real blessing and we weren't even going to come up here but we were going to race around brian shirley's house where we get to stay and but the honest truth is we we missed everybody you know so we came here for you know the wingers and 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 and, and you know everybody i mean we we you know ryan onsicker next door and bobby and everybody you know they're, they're our friends now i don't know how they got to be our friends but they're our friends and we were missing everybody so here we are I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you don't know how they became your friends, but uh, it's, it's summer nationals. We always talk like, man, it's so cool. We got to hang out at Shirley's shop. Shirley being the three-time defending champ, but you get to hang out with Mike Marler and all them. Talk about those relationships you've made out here in the Midwest. Well, I guess, um, you know, I I think 
you know, first off, they helped me with car, race car setup. Second, I think I can help them with other setup things, you know, life setup things, because I feel that if you have to do this for a living, your perspective changes. Because I got, I got a little taste of that in the rock climbing world. I did that for a living for a while. And, and my, my perspective changed, so I have experience with that. And, and so hopefully I was able to bring back a little bit of joy and, and, and hope, you know, some, some godly attributes that help me to get through life that gets easily forgotten when you got the pressure of the car owners and sponsors. And, and, and this is a very difficult sport, you know, and it's very easy to get down on, 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 on the whole joy of life, you know. And, and so hopefully we were able to help with that a little. And um, because I don't, I don't, I don't, I put some of that on myself, but I really don't have to because I'm car owner, main sponsor and driver and tire grinder all at once, you know. So it takes a lot of, you know, I can't yell at a lot of people and I can't be frustrated <laughs> a lot of people because of, I'm, 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 I'm Derek and I and my wife, you know, my wife is awesome. And that's another thing. How many people get here, get to drive um, across the country and have their wives with them all the time. And so I'm just really blessed, but I have a different setup and we, we share and set up a little bit. And you obviously you can't be mad or, or sad ever because your wife is just such a, just a ball of joy. I love her. She's always happy, positive. So it's, it's always a cool thing. Um, Tomas, let's talk about your background you talk about rock climbing and all this stuff how do you even get into dirt track racing like your wife was talking to me at brownstown you might be the only dirt late model driver from switzerland well i probably am but um you know what i just uh i i it's it's somebody bought me a race car um that felt like i had a, a talent i don't know that i got a talent i i have good eye and hand-eye coordination i'm an athlete but i've always been a physical athlete i don't Rock climbing was my main game. I raced mountain bikes, I was pretty decent at it. Still ride a lot. Um, uh, skiing, ice climbing, uh, water kayaking, you name it. I mean, I've done a lot of things in life. And you should be at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I was any good at anything, but rock climbing, I was actually pretty decent at it. I mean, I was I was sponsored and, and, and helped, I got help. And that's why I ended up staying in the United States here. But um, so, so I, it's just um, all these sports I keep saying are are a a, a uh, mental ability and physical ability kind of deal. I mean, it doesn't matter what carabiner you're using in rock climbing. Really, it's not going to help you a lot. But here, equipment and engineering becomes a essential piece of the puzzle, which messes all the other two things I just talked about up. Makes it super fascinating to me and. And so I think I like that. I think for a, a last challenge in an older person's life, this could be a good fit for somebody who likes to learn things. And and that's kind of me, I get bored if I don't have a little something going on. And so this is it, yeah, that's why we're doing it, I think, yeah. I mean, you talk about a driver with a whole different mentality. He's positive, he's driven, he's just so happy about life. And they're happy to be out here. All the way from Bend, Oregon, they made the 32-hour drive from Bend, Oregon to Brownstown, Indiana. They've been in the full Dirt Car Summer Nationals, coming off his best finish with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Eighth, am I correct? Yes, eighth at the Richmond Raceway. And man, he's just getting better. Which, by the way, the night before at Clarksville, you said your best finish ever. So he's coming off his back-to-back -back best finishes with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, out here having fun with the Outlaws. And we can't wait to see you again with the Summer you Nationals. Made a show. Yes, you made the show. Yes, how about that, Tomas? Yeah, that's a big deal for us to make a World of Outlaw um, show. So we, we, you know, it's hard to understand for people that that's a big deal. But for us, big deal. I feel really blessed. We were very thankful for that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, if you ever get to meet him, please do so. Come down here, visit Tomas, take a picture with him in the car, get an autograph. Nonetheless, that is a driver from Bend, Oregon, originally from Switzerland. Tomas Hunziker. Oh, one more question, by the way. Rick calls you the Alpine Assassin, but yeah. you're clearly hot sauce Tomas. What are yeah. your What are your thoughts on this here? Do you like the Alpine Assassin? Do you want to keep oh, that? No, it's it's hot sauce. We got to yeah. keep hot sauce here. What are your no, thoughts? No, we We need to go Alpine Assassin because oh, okay. Rick is the man. I mean, oh. I, first off, shout out to Rick. We wouldn't We wouldn't be as healthy in this pits if it wasn't for Rick. Awesome guy. And he came up with it. I think we need we need to go with it. I, I like Alpine. I'm not sure what I'm assassinating, but um, I, it just sounds so so 
so mean. I mean, shoot, you know, <laughs> I like it. So maybe we have two names or something. We we sleep on that, but I like Alpine Assessment. Don't tell Rick what to do. He's doing it so good. So that's kind of the bottom line. Yeah. There you have it. If you ever get to meet him, tell Masan Zicker. Well, at the beginning of the year of Volusia, obviously we broke one of the big storylines this season where Ricky Weiss making his own chassis, Sniper Chassis, and uh, let's talk to Ricky about it. Ricky, obviously a JR shop only 30 minutes from here, obviously, where you guys build all your stuff. It's really been a growing thing. I was getting pit reporting notes, and I noticed Jeff Massengill uh, has a Sniper Chassis. He told me it was sixth night on it, learning. Talk about the growth of the Sniper Chassis deal. Yeah, there's always just, you know, such a big learning curve, just trying to get a, a real good baseline. and. Um, as soon as we, we think we got it, we try something else and uh, sometimes it gets better, sometimes it gets worse, but uh, we're, we're definitely filling the notebook and every time we get out there I feel like we're making gains and hopefully uh, hopefully we can contend for a win too. So how many drivers do you have out there with snipers that are helping you out? I know Jeff Massengill talked very highly about you and this program. Yeah, we got Jeff, we got Shane Edgington, he's running a lot of Wasota stuff and he's picked up a few wins this season and he's been real strong. So um, we got a few other guys that are soon to be out there but um yeah so we're, we're just kind of focusing on a, a small group of guys right now that we can kind of communicate with and do some testing this week and hopefully pick up our program a bit obviously the eyes have you already got the rookie of the year but the eyes and the prize is the world of outlaw championship are we still going to continue to see ricky wise going for that outlaw championship years to come with this sniper deal yeah i mean we always gotta we talked about always wanting a car in in the national hunt you know that you just you learn a lot and you get a lot of feedback and running so much you know night in night out it's a good thing but you know it it plays a toll on your on your team and, and everybody but uh we just we just want to get some more testing in and and um if we can run strong then you never know hopefully we can win one of these championships it really seems like you've turned things around from the beginning of the season to now it kind of feels like ricky weiss is the ricky weiss we've seen the past couple years what's been the biggest challenge and what's been your guys's turning point here this season um it was funny at the start of the year you know, Volusia hadn't been the typical Volusia, so we, we went there with our notebook and um, definitely by the time we, we left there, we were a little bit better than when we went there. Um, and then we found to, we found we had more speed in the mud than we did in the slick, which was complete opposite of the past few years. But um, we're starting to figure it out now and, and hopefully we can be fast in both conditions. And um, like I said, we just keep tweaking and uh, we got to, we got, we got something to work with, and, and every time we get out there, it gets better and better. So I have a lot of respect. Uh, when I was growing up at my local racetrack for like drivers that build their own engines, build their own cars, and obviously that's pretty cool with you. You're building your own stuff. How much more rewarding is it when you do good knowing, hey, we did this ourselves? Oh, it definitely is, even when we're over you know, at the other camp there. Uh, just, just putting a car together yourself, I mean, that's one thing from a frame-up. Um, anything you, you literally take a stick of metal and, and put it all together, and it's just re rewarding for me as a driver to be able to say that, you know, this is something that we built. And um, I know the guys back at the shop, Cody and JR and, and everybody, I know they feel the same. They're, they're just excited. Their families are, in, are involved and everybody's watching. And, and I know they're pretty pumped about it. And I said it'll just be even sweeter when we win one of these crown jewels. Well, the 2019 World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series Rookie of the Year in his own sniper stuff, doing very well, looking for success. And, man, it's getting closer and closer for that first crown jewel for Ricky Weiss. Nonetheless, that's the update with the sniper chassis on Ricky Weiss. Caught up with Nick Hoffman, driver of the number two, a dirt car UMP modified, and obviously wheeling Scott Bloomquist is number zero. Uh, Nick, it's been a phenomenal summer. Obviously, you know, record, you broke your own records. Any record there is to break with the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals. You get this opportunity. Let's start off slow. How humbling is it to get this opportunity with Scott Bloomquist? Yeah, it's uh, really cool just to be teamed up with him. Obviously, it's uh, the most iconic race car in, in this pit area, you know, yeah. so. Uh, it's just cool to be a part of it and, uh, you know, work with Cody again. Uh, you know, I've done a lot with him throughout my career. He, he did a lot for me when I was 15 or 16 years old. So kind of teamed back up with him. And then uh, first time actually working, you know, side by side with Scott. I've worked with him a little bit, you know, the couple times I've drove a Bloomquist car. And he's just super, uh, super good dude and, and really easy for me to work with. I kind of uh, kind of think the same way he does. Um, and, you know, I feel like our driving style is very similar, so it, it kind of goes hand in hand. That's one thing I did want to talk about, the driving styles. How similar are your guys' driving styles between you and Scott Bloomquist? Yeah, so we talk about a lot of stuff, especially like driving up and down the road, talk about, you know, races and stuff like that. And 
Um, I like the brake pedal a lot, and I, I kind of brought that up to him. He's like, don't don't think that I don't either. So, uh, and you watch a lot of videos of Scott driving. You always see the sparks coming off the brakes because he's on the brakes a lot. But uh, yeah, so we drive a lot. You know similar uh, momentum try and just make speed through the middle of the corner and um, out in the middle of the racetrack he you never see that guy you know beating the wall down or anything like that and I try not to either so uh, that was part of the deal you know running this thing is he don't want somebody in it that's gonna tear the deck out of it every night and you know I don't feel like that I'm that guy Davenport was your first night with this car you got literally the text message how long before you raced Davenport it was like what 24 hours yeah. the day before yeah so it was uh it went really fast there I, I woke up that night or that morning at uh Richmond you know we raced Richmond Kentucky uh Cody had texted me about four in the morning tried FaceTiming me and I was asleep and uh so yeah I got that text and then uh would you be interested in driving the zero and you know we've talked about it before uh, about doing some stuff maybe run the backup car or something and this time was actually pretty serious so um, got that call. We raced Richmond that night. Was planning on racing the next day at Lake Cumberland, but you know I was going to call it off either way and, and drive up to uh, Illinois where they were at. And so the next morning, I, I made it, you know, to where they were at in Illinois. Um, Scott took a, a pen and a paper and drew that NH that's on the car. He drew that with a pen and paper, and then uh, that was that morning. And then by that night, we had already had the car wrapped and everything. And then we raced the next day at Davenport. So. Uh, Cody was like, well, we could possibly race Davenport, and uh, I was like, we're going to make it, you know, make it happen. I just wanted to get laps before I was just thrown to the wolves at Fairbury, and uh, I think it really paid off. So you guys run Davenport, you run Falls, three nights. You come into USA Nationals with only three nights of experience, but you guys go to Mason City. What are you guys looking for in this car? Yeah, basically just try and get me acclimated to everything. I felt like we were good at Fairbury, but we weren't uh, quite where we needed to be in that hunter lapper, and uh, a lot of it was just, you know, tire choice and stuff. I just... I think we kind of screwed up there, but um, just part of it, you know. And so we go to Mason City. Uh, the place is really cool, and it was really shaped just like this place, really similar. Um, so I just wanted to get laps and, and get me more accustomed to everything, and then uh, we made a lot of changes. It was just really cool to, to test with Scott there. Um, he just, the way he thinks about things on the race car is just so much different than everybody else I've been around. Um, I mean, I I don't know how many laps we ran. We probably ran 150 to 200 laps. and. Um, just go out there, run basically a lap or two and shut her down, pull in, put her up on the lift and he'd change something or Cody would change something or I would jump out and change what I wanted to change and just go right back out, you know. So there was a lot of times where I just, I never got out of the car. We just take two seconds, make an adjustment, go right back out. So that uh, helped us a bunch coming into here. Um, a lot of the things we did was just to try and get it more similar to my modified stuff, just what I'm used to driving. Um, we did a lot of things there. Um, it was everything that they had in their trailer that they've ran in the past. You know, it was nothing that I really brought to the table. It's just uh, stuff that they've been doing throughout the years that's worked and uh, just kind of put a package together for here. And uh, we were pretty good yesterday. How close is it to feeling like you're modified right now? How comfy are you? One being the worst, 10 being the, the comfiest. Yeah, I'm probably like a seven right now, I would say. We're, we're pretty close. Um, yesterday in that day show feature, uh, run fifth, and I was I was happy with that. But I felt like if we would have raced that the night before and not got rained out, I think we would have had a really good shot at winning it. I just, I was really confident going into that feature starting third and the way the racetrack was and my stuff was uh, I think we were gonna be pretty good and then uh, day show you know throws you a curveball a little bit and um, we kind of gambled on tire yesterday to to make sure we didn't do what we did at Fairbury and um, you know it, it paid off I was just we we're gonna try and get you know to the lead or to second pretty early there and just didn't work out and ended up running fifth but um, you know everything else you know we're, we're getting close and we're making strides and um, I'm having a lot of fun now, not everybody gets the opportunity to work for Scott Bloomcourse or a Billy Moyer, or, you know, one of the, the legends like that. What's a big life lesson or racing lesson that you've learned from Scott? Um, from Scott, you know, like he just works hard. You know, all these guys work hard, Russ and, and Charlie and, and Cody, um, everybody that's, you know, even my crew guy, Sean, he's here with me too. So he's been on the road with me the whole time. So yeah, you just got to work hard. And then for me, like he just never give up, you know, I've uh, been racing for for a living now for a little while and um, this is an opportunity of a lifetime it's just you can't give up that's awesome nick hoffman coming off his best finish and only his fourth start fifth <laughs> with the world of outlaws that make up and center now let's bring in cody summer now cody uh man so obviously there's a lot of great drivers out there and nick hoffman obviously stands out because of his domination um how did you guys make the decision to choose nick hoffman to drive the zero car well um i've known nick a long time a lot of people don't know that but um I actually started helping Nick when he was 14 and a modified in the Carolinas and um, we just, you know, grew apart, just got busy with different things. But um, uh, so from that perspective, for me, I've always known where Nick's at in his racing and we talk all the time. So I always knew he was 
you know, the utmost talent in the sport of dirt racing, period. So, um, but how it got brought up really to Scott was, you know, after I-80, he was hurt and just not, not feeling well. And we actually were going to go home. I, I mean, I literally was tying down everything. We were getting ready to head to, to Tennessee. And um, somehow or another, it just got brought up. If, if someone was to drive, it would be a guy like Nick Hoffman. And, and I just looked at Scott, as, and he knows the relationship I have with Nick, and he just said, well, then call him. <laughs> so, so I text Nick and said, hey, you want to drive the zero car? So, and, then that, and then one thing led to another, and, and here we are. Um, so that's how it all kind of come about. Just It's pretty natural, really. And obviously there's more behind the scenes than just work. You guys seem to be clicking very well. Talk about the team chemistry with Nick. It seems like you guys have been having a lot of fun. But when it comes down to get business done, you guys get business done as well. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Scott even said it the other day, uh, a happy environment, you know, that's when success yes. is going to happen. So, again, me and Nick, uh, we've got a lot of stories over the years of fun, but we also have a lot of stories of success. And, you know, to bring a winning, I mean, Nick knows how to win. To bring that winning attitude to Scott's history of winning, um, those two together, it kind of our our environments are clashing in a good way, you know. So um, I don't know. We we do have our fun, but we are very serious. I feel like we're more organized now than we've probably been in the last two years, um, and more prepared now than we have been in the last two years. So a lot of people maybe don't think that or believe that, but now they're starting to see it and. Uh, it just happens to be when Nick's behind the wheel, but he's brought a lot to the table already, just a different perspective. And um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been great so far. And we're just looking forward to finishing out this weekend and moving on to the next one. And it does show that you guys are more prepared and it, lo it looks that way too. Um, let's obviously the fans want to know what does the future bring? What's the future here with you guys and Nick Hoffman? Um, we're definitely going to uh, run the North South with them. Um, Scott's got a, uh, an appointment with his ortho surgeon on Tuesday. So We'll have a little bit more information after he kind of goes there, sees what's going on, maybe gets a little, you know, a uh, little more timeline of a map here of what's going to happen. But I think that if Scott is not going to be back in the seat, Nick is our guy. So um, our schedule is, you know, north, south, topless, Davenport uh, with the outlaws and um, obviously the world. Um, so we have a lot of big races coming up that we're not going to we're, we're not going to just sit on the sidelines. So. If, if it's not Scott driving, it's going to be Nick, and Nick's all about it too. He wants to, you know, he's seizing the opportunity. He knows it's a big one, and um, hopefully we have some big moments here, and I think we're going to. So uh, we're, all, we're all kind of excited for it. Well, the Zero has always, obviously been a victory lane so many times, and that tradition is continuing with Nick Hoffman behind the wheel. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. And as for that, there you have it. That's your update from Nick Hoffman at the Zero Camp. Uh, yes, uh, Nick Hoffman. I mean, uh, Tomas is a character. You got to love him. Uh, if you ever get the chance to meet him, please do. Ricky Weiss, uh, obviously, we're, he's fun on that baseline. Good. And obviously, Nick Hoffman. Um, I think that was just a perfect fit. Like, uh, for those of you fans, I guess, that haven't seen it on social media, uh, when he went to the shop, they were like, driving tricycles around the shop they were having so much fun obviously getting down to business but um that was very good to see him obviously run fifth get his best finish in his fourth night in that car uh and only testing once um that friday and then obviously finished eighth during the usa nationals after starting 14th so it's really good to see. and again that's after uh them breaking um uh something in the rear end. So yeah, it was good to see Nick Hoffman run that good eighth. And uh, it's going to be very interesting where the team zero camp heads after this, because they're, they're, I think they're going in the right direction. And obviously we hope Scott feels better because we'd love to see him back, but nonetheless, Nick Hoffman is the perfect addition to that. So we could stop beating on the dirt car UMP modified guys and let somebody else win that. Come on, Nick Hoffman, move over. But anyway, let's get into the dirt vision weekend preview uh, Wednesday night. If you're listening to this today, uh, Knoxville raceway with the world of outlaws, NOS energy drink sprint car series. That's going to be good. I've never watched the Knoxville Nationals. I, I may actually sit down and watch a part of it. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, Thursday, Super Dirt Car Series, Orange County Fair Speedway, and uh, the second night at Knoxville Raceway. And you know, that, uh, that, oh, ahead, uh, Super Dirt Car Series race, uh, you, you know I, I, I'm pulling a Ruben that night. I'm, I'm going to be the pit reporter. Oh, wow. That, that's pretty big. When was the last time you pit reported, Mike? I know you were supposed uh, to do one and they got rained out, right? Back in early May before Mississippi Thunder. Ooh. Ooh, that's going to be good. Dusting off the cobwebs on the mic. Mike Warren ready to spit some fire at Super Dirt Car Series, Orange County Fair Speedway. That is, that's, that's what your money's worth right there. Just oh, yeah, listen to the mic on be, Thursday night. It's going to be dynamite. Oh, yes. I'm ready. 
How many dynamites many? are you going to drop during the night? None. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thing, Mike? What, what is your thing? Do you have a thing? I don't really have a thing. No. Oh, well, my thing is a shower of 602 great power when we do sportsman races. But Ooh, that's pretty okay. good. That is pretty, pretty good. good. I like that. The rhyme. The rhyme. All right, there you go. So that's Super Dirt Car Series, Orange County Fair Speedway on Thursday. The World of Outlaws, NOS Center to Drink Sprint Car Series from the Knoxville Raceway, the Knoxville Nationals. And then Friday night, Dirt Car Summer Nationals action is back at the Highland Speedway. I love Highland. Like this is... I think it's a one-fifth mile, if I'm not mistaken, but it is a little bull ring. And obviously, this is Mike Harrison's home track, so Harrison's going to come gun blazing with a modified. Then Shannon Bav, all these guys. It's going to be good. Highland Speedway going down Friday night on Dirt Vision, plus the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. From the Knoxville Raceway, Saturday, we're back again, back-to-back nights, Dirt Car Summer Nationals at the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 in Peebley, Missouri. I love Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55. I've been saying this for a long time. I'm calling it right now. Darren Klein will be a contender for the win Saturday night. I think we see a new winner, Darren Klein. And then the World of Outlaws, NOS Center Drink Sprint Car Series, are back Saturday night at Knoxville for the finale of the Knoxville Nationals. Sunday, weekly racing from the Jacksonville Speedway, Jacksonville, Illinois, that is. That place is amazing. And then Tuesday, uh, yeah. Have Millbridge Speedway and Brewerton Speedway as well. So that's what's happening on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden Race Fans. We thank you all so much for joining us here on another great episode of Stick Signals. We hope to see you next week and as we get ready for race week with the World of Outlaws, Morton Building Saint Model Series again. But nonetheless, Summer Nationals is back. We hope to see you there. If not, watch it all live on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. On behalf of Mike, Mick, myself, thanks for listening and have a great week, everybody. 